Hey, this is Barbara Corcoran, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. There isn't a person alive who's not worried about the coronavirus, and it is playing havoc, not only on business, on our purses, but most importantly, on our mind. Everybody I talk to is looking for a way to handle it the best they can with good intent, but everybody's feeling a little bit lost. I don't know a single business that isn't hard hit. I don't know a single worker who isn't worried about their livelihood. It's the common complaint day in and day out over the last week here in New York City where I live. It reminds me so much of other fiascos that I lived through trying to grow my business in the many years that I ran it. I remember the stock market crashing and people truly believing that we would never have a stock market again. No, not not a high stock market. I'm talking about there would be no Wall Street. There was a belief like that. And people in business were folding up, but long before they even had to fold. I remember 9-11, people really believing that apartments in New York City would never sell again. I remember not having a sale in my business with a thousand agents for almost three months. And we were thinking that the business would go down. But here's what I learned on all these crises through all the years. When things go south, they come back by gangbusters. Every time something went really bad and business came to a screaming halt, there was a long silence and the smart people took advantage of that silence. The dumb people folded their cards and went home. So we're going to be talking today with a number of people struggling with their business, how they make it through when it's their livelihood. And these are real serious problems. Stay with me. I'm going to talk about the coronavirus and how it affects work and what you could do to take full advantage and make your work a little bit easier. Hi, Barbara. My name is Shaf, and I'm calling from New York City. My question is, my business is 95% of my income as far as, like, I do events for a living. So I plan meetings and events and things like that, and everything is being canceled or postponed until a later date, but we don't have exact date in mind or they're not sure what's going to happen next. What do you suggest I do? I've thought of ways of pivoting my business, but at the same time, it's all up to the clients and how they want to proceed. Look forward to hearing from you. Oh, and I love you too. (laughs) Hey, Chef Cat. Woo, you're so optimistic. So let me start by asking a couple of financial questions, all right? What happens when you're planning the event? Do you get a deposit from the client? Do you have that in hand or do they only pay after the event? So I have a pretty lean business model. So, for example, the events business is so saturated, right? Mm, so there's so many people doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things in order to gain the client's trust and also to gain their business, I offer complimentary services. So like some of the services that are complimentary is like venue sourcing or hotel sourcing, mm. which is fine because when we do that, at least, you know, it's giving them options and ideas that they could use for their event. And you'd probably have to do that anyway if you had the account, right? Exactly. So it doesn't hurt to do it. If you go ahead and you do the venue and the hotel sourcing, that is your livelihood. It's your time, which is what you are selling, your time and your talent. When you go ahead and do that, do they always book, sometimes book? What's your batting average? Oh, so that's where it gets tricky. A lot of times the clients I use will book. Now, I probably am going to tell this tricks to my trade here, but a lot of times what happens is the hotels pay a commission to you when you bring them the business. Ah, I see. So... It kind of works out, but then it doesn't always work out. But now uh, let me stay with the money piece because I just want to really understand it because that's what's at risk here, your livelihood, right? And unfortunately, that has to do with money as much as attitude. I have no doubt you're going to have the attitude covered on this easily. Yeah, okay. (laughs) 
let's say that you have 10 clients you've uh, comped some of your service to saying, I'll check out the venues, the hotels, Mm -hmm. and I'm doing that work for you. And then you know you're going to get a commission from the hotel. What percentage, like if you have 10 people you do that for, how many of those people actually book through you? So you actually get your hands on some cash? I would say about three to four. That's not bad. 30 to 40%. Mm -hmm. Are other people doing that? Or do you feel like that's an unusual model in your business? No, there are other companies that are doing it, but they're larger companies. Yeah. The big guy has that big club, right? Well, let's assume you get three or four of the clients out of the 10 that you've comp services to. Once you book the hotel, do you then get the commission back from the hotel right then and there? Or do you get a third deposit from the client? How does the money happen then? I don't get the money until after the event is over. So for example, if the event is scheduled for July or August, Mm. I don't get paid until after that. You're working your buns off between now and July and August, right? And anything can change. And that's what I've learned with coronavirus. One more question. All the people that you had on your books, do you have any of your conferences that are still going to happen that is going to bring in some money for you? Or have they all canceled? At the moment, it's all in limbo. So two clients have definitely canceled. They're like, we're not doing it. We just don't know what the future holds. One client, her email was like, all right, what are the options the hotel will give us? Will they let us book a year out? If not, I'll have to get back to you because I need to talk to management to see what's next. Had they put a deposit with the hotel, the clients that did book? Nothing. So they have no money on the line. They're free as a bird. Yes. All right. So there's two thoughts I have. Number one, you have no business right now because you have no cash coming in. And you have no clients that are remaining on the books for potential businesses with a specific date. I believe a specific date. I don't believe in the word later. Before I even say anything, I want to ask you one other thing. You said you thought about pivoting your business. What were you thinking? I don't want to leave the events industry, but I don't know how, like, for example, I just put it on social media, like we're here to help if you have any problems with renegotiating contracts and working on things of that nature. I was just talking to a colleague the other day and I was like, do you think it's too soon to tell people things like, hey, listen, if you can't hold a meeting or an event in the States, maybe you could do it in the Caribbean because they're affected, but not as heavily because the weather's warmer, according to the reports that we're getting every day, that in warmer climates, they're not really affected by Corona as much as we are in colder climates. And I was like, is that insensitive? Because we're in a place where we're uncertain of what the future holds. But at the same time, do we want to bring people into their atmosphere and we and people may be carrying coronavirus, then it spreads there? I like the seedling of the idea that Mm -hmm. you're thinking of enticing the clients with a great deal in a different environment. Uh, What I don't think is realistic about that, that a client will commit because they still have to deal with air travel and they still have to convince their clientele to come to their conference. I don't think anyone's going to sign up for anything while there's so much uncertainty in the air. So I don't think you could get people to travel to a conference. But what I like about your idea is your idea about hustling the hotels. Yes. I think now is a very good time to actively wait. Unfortunately, you have the energy to put the big capital A on active, right? Yeah. I think what you should do is two things. I think you should hit the floor running, hit all the hotels, let them know Mm -hmm. that you have a number of clients looking for later dates for a venue, but you need to give them a phenomenal deal. And can they share with you these five facts? I don't know what the five facts are. You know it in your business. What's the room cost? How many rooms do they comp? Do they have an auditorium or a conference room or dinner facilities? Whatever your usual nuts and bolts Mm -hmm. of your business are. I'm sure there are no more than five that are really important. Okay. What can you offer? Act as though you're almost headhunting for your clients that you already have. And you are in a way because you could entice them to book later. 
but you're not going to mm-hmm. entice them to book now, but you need something to entice them. So now let's look at the client side. Let's say you have a list of five hotels. Again, it's going to be hard to pressure them to book a hotel now, but if it's so enticing and it's so far off, if you'd like to postpone your conference tentatively to either June or July, these are the five best offerings we have from hotels and venues that are four-star, stellar, where you can get a phenomenal deal right now. And you give them the little menu of the five great options and why they're so great. But the key is asking if they'd want to tentatively book it because nobody's going to give you money and you're not used to getting the money up front anyway, but at least you have potential deals on the book and you're filling in the blanks in the client's head for a potential deal and how good it is. That gives the guy in charge ability to talk to his supervisor and say, listen, this thing came down by 35%. There's no skin off our back. Why don't we just tentatively book it? Let's book it through Shaftcat right now. It's no commitment. We could get out of it. We could drop it. But at least it gives you an excuse to problem solve for a client and be talking to them. And you want to stay in their face and you want to be the hero when all this crap is gone. You know, she's amazing. What she did for us, you know what that girl did for us, blah, 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 blah. That's the one part. I think the other part that you should actively wait on is sit down, dream a little about who you want as a client in the future, who you could hit on, what your pitch looks like, rewrite Mm -hmm. your letters. Do you need some visuals from conferences? Do you need to do something on social media that you're going to really polish up your website or maybe start a website? Or what are you going to do? It's a chance for you to breathe in and put together Mm -hmm. a plan for the next year for your business. Because most people don't have your energy, Shaftcat, and they're going to sit and wait quietly. I think you should have an agenda for yourself every single day of what you want to do to polish up your business. Who do you want to hit? What kind of clients can you manage? What's lacking? Who would you have to hire if you got this and this and this? Really think through every piece of your business because now's a wonderful opportunity to do that. But meanwhile, stay in touch with your clients by this phenomenal deal sheet. Not too pushy. You don't want to see them. What's she pushing me for? I'm not going to commit anything. That'll make you an enemy of them, an annoyance, okay? You don't want to be the note on the refrigerator. But while we have this corona thing going on, I just want you to know there are five phenomenal deals that I uncovered. If you'd want to tentatively book for when the peak of this virus is supposed to be gone, that is in the summer months. There's one in the Caribbean. They could say there was no travel out of the country right now. They'd be right. But you're assuming that things will calm down. And you could say when things calm down. These are the best deals. And if you tentatively book it now with no commitment, they will hold steady on that deal come June. I don't know why people wouldn't fill your calendar with tentative deals if you really do a good job marketing those deals. Absolutely. A single page letter. What would you want to see when you get that email? Do you want to just see, here, we can get you 35% off? Do you want to see those actual facts or do you just want to hear like, hey, we can do this for you and then call us? You've got to pretend you're opening a restaurant You need five items on your menu, one more delicious than the next with all the bells and whistles, the right sauces, perfectly prepared, presented. And that's what you want to do in one single paragraph, five times in a row with five different venues. How much discount would make my bells ring? I would say 35% would be phenomenal. 25% would be really good. That would get my eyebrow. 15% (laughs) not, 20% bare minimum. As a business person, I would say 20% off everything. That includes the alcohol. That includes the food. Mm -hmm. I would get turned on. But you have to write it, edit it down, and make it so juicy. You're selling paragraph by paragraph. But don't forget to put your business plan in place for the next year. Do not leave your business. This thing will pass. 
I've gone through so much similar things that stops the clock in my business. And if I had changed businesses, I'd be crying in my soup. Stay with it. You're obviously (laughs) great at what you do. You're a hustler. All right. But don't (laughs) let any grass grow under your feet. You have this wonderful time to get better relationships with your client and a better business plan for you to go forward. Okay. I definitely will do that. This makes me really feel better. I honestly was thinking about it the other day. I was like, maybe I should just get out of this thing altogether. But now you reassured me, spoke to like other colleagues and even my mom. And she's like, no, she's like, everything happens the way it's supposed to. So just keep on going. You know, I remember watching it imprint on my brain so much when there were the terrible floods down South and Oprah showed up and she stood in front of a crowd and I'll never forget it. It made me cry. She said, you're not going to let that Big old bully getting your way, are you? <laughs> and you know what? Absolutely Everybody not. laughed and cried at the same time because that's what it's about. I mean, this is exactly. a part of building a business, building a life. Things get in the way. You're on the right path. No doubt about it. Yeah. This makes me so happy that I'm able to talk to you because a few years back, my colleagues used to make fun of me because on Friday nights, they would be like, oh, you want to come with us to a bar after work? I'm like, no, I'm going home because I need to watch Shark Tank. What would you do on a Friday night? And they used to be like, chef, who? Like, how old are you? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Well, that's good because Shark Tank is back on Friday night. So we brought it back just so to make it convenient for you. Tune in this Friday. Okay. I will. (laughs) All right. Good luck to you. Thank you so much, Barbara. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. And now a few things about my wonderful sponsor, On Deck Business Loans. Now let's get back to the show. Hi, Barbara. This is Jubilee. I'm calling from just outside the Boston area. I have a personal training studio that me and my husband run. That's our only source of income. And right now with the virus, I'm hoping that one-on-one training will still be popular and we're doing what we can to keep our clients calm. But I'm wondering what ideas you might have if we have to work from home and how we might be able to get clients on board that might think that they no longer want to invest because of the state of the economy. Hi, Julie. How are you doing? Hi, Barbara. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, fine. I'm sure uh, you're, you're weathering the storm, so to speak, as best you can. How has the coronavirus affected your studio so far? We do have one client that's out sick. We appreciate that, but obviously that means lost business. One out of how many clients do you have? One in 20, one in 50? We have about 20 to 25 clients. That's a good business. Good for you. And it's all individual one-on-one training, right? We have a couple of family groups of two, but otherwise it's one-on-one. And only one client has dropped off. I'm, I'm frankly a little surprised. I would think people would be dropping off much faster already. Being in a small personal training studio, there's usually only two to four people in here at a time. Mm-hmm. And I did send a message out yesterday on social media and to some of my clients who I knew were concerned, just saying the measures that we're taking here by asking everybody to take off their shoes, wash their hands when they arrive and when they leave. We've sanitized everything in the studio and we'll just leave all of the equipment out that's been touched mm-hmm. so that we can sanitize it again before the next client. That's that's what we're doing right now. And when you sent that messaging out to your existing clients, what was it, an email where you described what you're doing at the studio to make sure the health concerns were addressed? 
Yes, it was a Facebook post, Instagram, and then for some of my clients that aren't on social media, I just texted them to let them know, and they appreciated it. Okay. Do you do any home visits now? Is that part of your trade? We don't, but we do do some virtual visits, just a few. Does that pay as well, or does it pay you sufficiently, the virtual visits? Because that's a great option at a time like this. The cost is the same, whether it's in-person or virtual. So the business can keep going that way. And we actually have a client who's a snowbird. So she spends time up here in Boston and then goes down to Florida, but she continues with us Mm -hmm. via FaceTime. And what percentage of your clients do virtual visits with you now? Right now, she's the only one. Mm -hmm. So it would be an enormous change for these people to get on board with a new way of doing this. I don't know what the age group, the demographic of your customers is, but do you think your customers could transition to virtual? In other words, would they be open to the idea if you could sell it? I think they would be open to the idea. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about ways to continue to motivate them through Mm -hmm. this change. So one idea that I had was just dropping off some equipment at their home so that they would have a couple of things to get started with to Mm. keep them going. That would probably be not that very expensive. You'd have what, free weights and some bands, something like that? Yeah, exactly. And some of these clients already have some equipment at home that they can use. Okay, I'm going to suggest something that I see in my mind's eye. I'll try to describe it well because I think it could really build your business and travel through word of mouth, too, and put a smile on people's face, which always means you get more sales, all right? Mm. I'm visualizing you and your husband run the business together? Yes. Is he a trainer as well? He is. I think you need to do a visual advertising campaign that's going to blow people away. I'm seeing you with your little home package in your hand, whatever it is, the free weights, the bands, and the messaging. You don't have to use these words, of course, but basically you want to say, we can come to you. They're probably fairly local, I would presume. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you Mm -hmm. have their addresses? Yes. I would take a map out of your area, you know, just print something out, and I would put a star where everybody's address is so you see how close your clients are and what kind of a route you could do. Okay. Also, you probably know that your clients are creatures of habit, and they probably like to come in the same time. It's a pattern. And see if your map matches their pattern as best you could. And then I would have a little photo session in your studio of you and your husband side by side in a walking position, carrying the little at-home package, the little weights, looking at the camera, and the message should be, we can come to you. And then the two offerings are you could physically come to them or you could set them up with virtual and say, you want to stay in shape through this. You're going to need your health more than ever. You want to stay in shape. And this is what we're doing to make it much easier for you. We'll come to you either on your screen, your computer, or will come physically in person. You could also individually call each of your clients. It's not that time-consuming. And these are before they start dropping off. You don't want to solve the problem and offer a solution when they've left you. You want to offer an alternate solution while they're with you. You usually come in on Tuesday and Thursday. We could be at your home about the same time, or we could be at your home about an hour later. We're going to make sure all of our clients stay in shape. We care about you. I think giving options is Extra customer service wins the people over, and you're curing the problem before you have it. Great idea. Excellent. I'm sorry. I'm going to throw a wrench in this for just a second. I'm eight months postpartum, so I'm not in my best shape. I'll let you know that. Okay. Well, how much weight do you have on? Probably about 30 extra pounds right now. Well, you know what I would do? I would get one of those bright yellow measuring tapes Put it around your belly in that photo where you're holding the end, showing how many inches it is and smiling at the camera. People will love you for it. 
It's not a detriment. It's an asset. You're showing you're getting in shape. People are going to go, look at her. Look at that, Julie. You got to hand it to her. Nobody hates you for anything you're not ashamed of. It's, it's a marketing advantage. It's like you're getting in shape, your husband's already in shape, and you're both walking to their house with your little package in your hand, the free weights. And you know what else I would do in light mm. of the coronavirus? I would each of you have a mask on. You're showing up at their house with a mask on. I mean, what more could your clients want? I could see the response to it and then follow it up with a phone call. And I would put a big-ass poster, the exact same thing, in your front window. Wow. Thank you so much for this. This is exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. You have to show me the ad. This way I'll make sure you do it. People are going to love you for it. I will do that. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Julie. You take care. You too. Congratulations on the baby. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might want to hop on over to my other podcast, 888-BARBARA. I'm going to be talking to Dr. Oz on the coronavirus and what you can do to protect your family. I'm also going to be talking about what we're doing at my office because my team's going to work at home as of tomorrow morning and what the most important things are to stay productive. So hop on over to my 888-BARBARA podcast and listen in. That's all the questions we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Audiation.